The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday and happy holidays. This is our big Christmas episode. Next week is Dog of the Year. It's already filmed. We're super excited, but this is our last time in studio for 2021. <sighs> Scott's <laughs> eggnog with the rum in there. Scott's got his coffee. He's just drinking coffee with cream. Okay, first, we're going to start with quirky tip of the day. We have two pigs. This is supposed to have an elf hat on. Chris, he said he looked like he was a went this to a, a little transgender. Christmas. Stop it. He went to a Christmas um, party and he got a little bit too wild. All right. Our quirky tip today, you guys, first of all, thank you so much for the overwhelming response of Cookie That Consults. I am so grateful. I so appreciate you guys. I linked that episode from last week into the show notes as well. Those are discounted from 159 to 99 through the end of the year. However, a few people who wrote me didn't have sport dogs. And I'm so glad you reached out and we're always here to help with behavioral stuff, but we offer canine healing consults. It's Scott and I, it's 45 minutes. It's both of us at the same time. They're virtual also. Those are normally $99.99. They are discounted for our last holiday quirky tip to $49.99 through the end of the year, 12-31-23. So both of those links are in the description and they will go back to normal pricing, $99.99 for a canine healing consult. Two of us for the price of half of one of us. For pet dogs. And then Cookie That will be going back to 159 in the new year as well. But I just wanted to mention that. I am happy to work with pet dog people, but the Cookie That stuff is very related to sports stuff like we talked about last week. Okay. In keeping with um, housekeeping stuff real quick, so I don't forget, monthly meditation will be up very shortly. Monthly meditation turned into September, October meditation, and now it's turning into... November, December meditation. We've been down and out these last few months. We're very busy. We do have Lola in, though. She was a previous dog on Prozac. We'll probably have her and her mom in at some point for a podcast in 2024. She's awesome. So we will meditate around the Christmas tree with some instrumental Christmas music before the holiday um, for monthly meditation. And lastly... Dog of the year is next year. Last week, I told you guys that I was most excited about this year than any year before, and I so am, but we're going to actually do a countdown for dog of the year. So Sunday, we are going to be releasing 2020 dog of the year, a re-release of that episode. It will be on Apple Podcasts. Um, Monday will be 2021 dog of the year re-release. Tuesday will be 2022 dog of the year re-release. And then Wednesday will be my favorite of all time, 2023 dog of the year. Um, and that will be released on all platforms. Okay. Did I cover everything? Well, you left out our ice plunge this morning. <laughs> yeah, we went. So we're the crazy people who boy, actually oh boy, oh boy. have to... It was a cold one this morning. We'll have to empty a freezer of ice so it doesn't have to be plugged in all winter. So we did that yesterday. So it literally was 30 degrees. We both went in this morning. It was a lot. There was no room to even dunk because of all the ice. But yes, it was a fresh way to start the morning, a crisp way. Invigorating. To- yes. Today, we are going to talk about training our weaknesses. This is a Scott topic that he came up with a few weeks ago. And I love it. I love how it ties into dog training, how it ties into life and everything else. So where was your head at when you originally brought this to me? Well, again, it's just from going out and seeing people in, you know, in the public space that need help with their dogs. And a lot of people have done training previously. So I'll get there and I'll say, and 
I'm not talking about, you know, the new, newer rescues, but people that got a puppy and now they have a three-year-old dog. And I'll say, have you done any training? They'll say, oh yeah, we did puppy one and puppy two. And they put a fair amount of time into these dogs. And I'll say, well, it's not a test, but can you show me what the dog does? You know, that based on your training. And they'll do the sit and the down and they'll do the, the place, but nothing is, it's not, a, not, none of the exercises are completed. So they have, for example, with the place command or the bed command. It's a parlor trick. The dog has good value to go to the place, which is the first step. You want that dog to want to go get on there. You don't want to be forcing them to get on the damn bed. You want them to have some enthusiasm and get on the bed and hope that they get a reward of some kind. And most dogs do that, but the dog won't stay there. And um, so that's the weakness. So, you know, people will just do the first part and then stand there and like just kind of micromanage the dog. And then if they even have a release cue, they'll release the dog off. But Training to your weaknesses is what's going to complete that type of exercise. And the whole point of the exercise is to have something of practical use. Yeah. So you can put the dog there when you're making dinner, if the dog tends to get under your feet around the food. Or when you're eating at the table or when people come Someone's coming to the house and the dog gets over exuberant, wants to jump on people. You can say, hey, go get on your place. And you can give them 15, 20 minutes if need be to calm down before you release them off. And I would argue, contrary to what Scott said, that's not necessarily not training your weaknesses. Some of you haven't gotten proper direction. And I will give you that all day long. You know, Scott will say, well, did the instructor show you how to complete this? And they'll say no. So sometimes you just don't have the right information. But as far as like dog training goes, life goes, everything else, we don't like to highlight our weaknesses, right? Like if your dog is able to run loose in a property, but pulls terribly on a leash, You don't want to train loose leash walking just to go to the vet's office twice a year. It's not something that you want to lean into because you're not good at it. Going back to just day-to-day stuff, I have weak legs. I've dislocated my knee a few times. I don't necessarily want to train legs at the gym. It's my weak point. It's hard for me. I'm really sore afterward. But training your weaknesses strengthens you on a broader, larger scale, and it's better for you and your dog. The more that you're strengthening your weaknesses, the more reliability you'll have everywhere. Yeah, I mean, when I was involved with... um the sport dog club environment, it was not uncommon for everyone to show up at club and do obedience, you know, just kind of informal obedience. Everyone would be working before we started getting into bite work. And then it had to be obviously more structured and people had to wait their turn and whatnot. And nobody um, was doing something that didn't look good. Typically. Because <laughs> they're in front of other people. <laughs> yeah. People are out there, if they have really good healing with a ball under their armpit. That's how they or, warmed or up. holding a ball <laughs> yeah. and healing their dog. They're doing that all over the place. Looks friggin' awesome. Yeah. But they're not training the weak the weak parts, you know, what needs to, so that they can progress. And that's common. And that makes you look bad or you don't want to look bad or like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah. that's common. Even if you have a dog trainer standing in front of you, or if you have friends over, your husband's like, what'd you learn at dog training class today? You're not going to show them what you suck at. You're going to show them what looks good and you know, what the dog does well. So yes, that's so true. This social pressure of like being out and about and, you know, wanting to look a certain way does matter. But at some point you have to train your weakness. If your weakness is over arousal out in the environment, you guys, you have a pet dog. It gets too excited when it leaves the home. I don't, you have a sport dog. Sport dogs can be like this. 
Go to, you know, places that have an intermediate level of arousal. Go to a parking lot. You know, everybody's going to be going into the shopping malls. They don't care about the dog. It's not as much of like Home Depot or Petco where they're all like zoning in on the dog. Like, oh my God, there's a dog here. Go to places where there is some stimulation, but it's not going to be too overstimulating. Stop walking your dog at 10 p.m. when it's dark out and there's absolutely no distraction. That's not helping you. That's not helping your dog. Train your weakness so it can strengthen your overall life and relationship with your dog. Yeah. And that being said, I mean, if you don't have a plan to train the weakness, you're not helping your cause. You know, if you know that, for example, you know, again, getting back to the sport dog stuff, your dog has a, a very mouthy hold. They, they're in the retrieve, they're chewing. To let them just keep going and chewing and chewing and chewing is not training your weakness. You're just creating a bigger problem and a habit where the dog is chewing. So you need to have a plan. How am I going to stop this chewing? How am I going to yeah. make this better? And that's where, in my case, I would always seek outside help because if what I was doing wasn't working and I would know pretty quick, this is not improving. <laughs> I'm trying to find someone that has a great retrieve. Hey, show me what you're doing here. Look at my dog. I need some help with this situation. Yeah, and that's a great point to bring up. The first way to train your weakness is to identify your weakness, right? So some trainers may say, you have sloppy mechanics. Fine. You have sloppy mechanics with the treats. They fall on the floor. You don't deliver the cookie properly or anything else. Train your mechanics without your dog. Scott and I talk about this all the time. He does this with pet dog clients quite frequently. He has, he's holding the leash. He's pretending like he's the dog and he's going to pull. The pet dog clients have to do the mechanics without the dog. Practice the mechanics. When I used to compete in canine disc very heavily, I'd go out, I'd do my routine, throwing all the discs all over the field, running around having to pick them up myself without my dog. Okay. There's a lot of things that we can do in dog training that if you're weak mechanically, brush up on your mechanics, get them stronger before you bring your dog back into the picture, but get some outside eyes on you. So somebody can say like, Hey, you could use a little bit of improvement there. It's an important thing to identify and to focus on and then to improve, especially as we head into a new year. This is a really nice way, a good focus point here of what we want to improve going into 2024. Yeah, I can remember the first time I threw a disc for uh, Jimmy. Oh, God. And Jess is like, stop. A, we could have had stop. a deep yellow then. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the dog's like running into a fence or trying oh to get God. into the neighbor's yard because oh. I'm throwing this big arcing thing somewhere, you know? <laughs> and that's, you know, that's just what Jess said. You need to find a target in the field. Just start throwing a Frisbee towards the target and uh, leave the dog in the house. Yeah, like I'm not crazy heavily into dock diving competing. I've done a few things here and there. I would assume at practice... Owners are throwing that freaking thing into the water quite a bit. Like they're perfecting their throw outside of their dog jumping into the water every time. You know, there's a lot of mechanics in fly ball. In agility, oh my God, agility is basically like high-end dancing at this point with all these different turns and everything from Europe. These are things that you can train without your dog, just like football players do, just like everybody else. They're training their footwork and everything else before the game. So if your weakness is mechanics, you can totally train that. Your weakness may be that you can't um, show your dog that he did a really good job. Some people are very, what would you call it? They're a little reserved. But yeah, more people are more reserved where they they just say like, good boy, like nice job. The dogs need to know, like, hey, I did the right thing. You need to feel comfortable getting on the ground, rolling around, really exuding emotion and being like, hey, you're good at this. You can and train some dogs, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. There are some <laughs> dogs like, hey, less is more. Yeah. You're, like the dog is falling apart because of the amount of attention they're giving the dog to, to mark a behavior. We're not ending the behavior. We just want to yeah. let them know they're doing a good job, but keep doing it. 
And they're like, good boy. And the dog is like <laughs> Too much. jumping out of his skin. But for the people that can't really relay, you know, how happy they are to the dog, practice it in private, right? And you can't fake it. You have to be genuine. The dogs understand your energy. If you're actually excited or you're just talking in a high-pitched voice, like, oh, that was a really good boy. But you're thinking about going, you know, grocery shopping tomorrow or last-minute Christmas shopping next week. These are things that you need to start working on and training, and then they're going to improve. And the more that we're looking at different sectors of dog training and where we're lacking and we're strengthening them, the better off you're going to be, your dog's going to be. And once again, as I always say, the world's going to be. We're in this together. We have to start getting better for one another. It's getting a little wild out there. We do not have enough control. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to break super quick. and we get back, we're going to talk more about training your weaknesses. Want to keep up with all the latest from the Quirky Dog Podcast like me and Murphy here? Then make sure you head on over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. Or if you prefer to listen to the madness, go on over to iTunes or Spotify and follow the Quirky Dog Podcast. And hey, while you're there, leave a rating and review and let them know what you think of the show. Until then, keep it quirky. Okay, the reason... Oh, my hat is really struggling here. The headset does not help. Okay, the reason that I really liked the thought of doing this episode today is Christmas is around the corner, right? A lot of us just did Thanksgiving with the family. Um, Christmas or whatever holiday around this time of year you celebrate... It can get stressful. You know, you're bringing both parts of the family together oftentimes. There's a lot of triggering stuff with people you don't see that often. Your siblings are there, your nieces and your nephews, everything else. Think about training your weaknesses as we head into the holiday. Don't let these things trigger you. If you are a person who is notoriously late, set your alarm, leave the house 30 minutes early this Christmas, and don't let yourself be late. If you are a person who is really hard on yourself, you're really self-deprecating, you're saying mean things to yourself, literally focus on self-love this year. Train your weakness. Put put a little note by the mirror. Say it before you leave. Keep talking to yourself. I wore my go love yourself shirt um, today. It's normally go after yourself, but it's go love yourself. I bought this for myself and for Noel when I went out to New York. Like start implementing these things into your life. How do I say it? Eckhart Tolle, is that his name? Yeah. So Eckhart, he's great. If you don't know anything about Eckhart, he does a lot of mindfulness stuff, a lot of stuff on healing and meditation and everything else. He says, if you have a really difficult family member, you just sit and listen. Don't engage. Yeah. And don't get triggered by engaging. I tell you, you know, a, a real world scenario, you talk about the holidays and whatnot. Uh, and I don't consider myself an anxious person. <laughs> Do you consider me anxious? You have anxiety. Yes. I have. <laughs> I had a lot of social anxiety. That's where he, it would trigger. He I can has hang, anxiety. I don't get nutty. You can, but it's all, yeah. I okay. used to drink a lot and... The way I drank, I mean, it helped to make social situations more comfortable. I could be anywhere with a beer in my hand, talking to any number of people from all different walks of life, and everything was great because I had my little beer to keep me stable, I guess. So when I quit drinking, and I also, there was a lot of paths to me quitting drinking, but (laughs) but one of them was I went through a, a, a rehab and a halfway house, and they create these social um, events so that you learn how to deal with stuff without drinking, you know? So you they had dances and they had this and that, and they had talent shows. So you have to get out there and make an ass of yourself sober and just deal with it and deal with that activity. And uh, you have to, and you know, that stuff still does flare up with family events. And um, 
He doesn't run. Gotta, he doesn't run to the bottle, but he's like, "Come on, let's go!" I'm like, "Hey, we've been here for gotta, 30 minutes. We're gonna stay for presents." Well, I got to work through stuff, you know, <laughs> because I know I can feel it percolating in me. It's like, okay, <laughs> this is getting to be about as much as I'm really. Is it how much can I handle, or how much am I willing to handle? And quite but, often, those are two very different things. But as far as this stuff goes, if you do have someone who's always triggering you and like an event, you're like, oh my God, I just don't even want to deal with this person. Just think about sitting there and listening. You don't have to engage. Just listen. Let the person talk, smile and nod, work through these things. This comes directly from the holistic psychologist's account. And I know I talk about her all the time. Um, and yes, this is outside of dog training, but the more you're training your weaknesses in everyday life, the more you're going to be training your weaknesses in dog training, focusing on weakness in all areas of life is good for you. So she says, how do you deal with the life of the party? These, this is some good practical advice from a psychologist. She has a bunch of books out, Nicole Parrish. She's amazing. Don't enable them. The kindest thing you can do is let them face the results of their own choices. Bailing them out of their choices only keeps them stuck within the cycle longer. So maybe as a mom or as a grandma, you're always enabling, you're always trying to help. That's not necessarily helping the life of the party if you have a person like that. The personalizer, so someone that takes everything personally, you know, they're always upset. They're always like, oh, you, you know, hurt my feelings. Don't overexplain anything. Listen, don't invalidate them. But um, a personalizer believes that others are responsible for their emotional state. If they're upset, allow them to be upset and know that it's not your choice to fix it. This is good practical information to deal with going into the holidays. How do you deal with a blame projector? Somebody that blames all the things in life on somebody else. The fact that they're fat and they don't have any money and they don't have a job and their husband left them. Whatever it may be. The blame projector. Don't get hooked into the stories. Keep your responses short. Affirm their ability and capability to deal with what life brings them. And say something like, I trust you'll figure it out. That's a very healthy response. Last one, how to deal with the provoker. Don't respond. Like Eckhart's saying, just sit there and listen. No engagement teaches the provoker to look to other people for their own emotional charge. They're not going to keep, you know, badgering you. Stay empowered. Take deep breaths. Don't allow, don't take the emotional bait. Um, it throws that person off. It keeps them safe. But this is some real world practical advice. Scott and I deal with a lot of adversity in our lives from past stuff, current stuff. We have client stress, everything else. Deep breathing is a good practice to have, you guys. I don't care if you just, you know, are taking a few deep breaths before you walk in or you take a quick moment outside and you take a few deep breaths. Deep breathing helps regulate your nervous system and helps keep you stable and helps keep you from saying something you're going to regret. It's the holidays. Let's have a nice holiday. Why blow things up? And if it's a trigger that's happening again and again and again, this is a great time to start to train that weakness. Yeah. And getting back to the dogs, um, you know, this during the holiday season, you're going to have it. Everyone's got a tree in the house. Most, not everyone, but most people have a tree. They certainly have ornaments. They have a lot of extra stuff in the house that they wouldn't normally have. And they have young dogs or dogs that are not great in their behavior as far as being interested and wanting to maybe, like Jess has a dog that loves to eat leaves and green vegetation. <laughs> oh my God, we took right? her to Home Depot so yesterday. We, yeah. She would have taken all the leaves off of the poinsettia if I let her, which yeah. it's a poisonous plant. The, the employee's like, that's a lively dog. Yeah, so Jess <laughs> wants to see if they have a cactus. Of course, they don't in the middle of winter. Uh, but then it became, oh, we have to work through her dog now who wants to eat all the plants in the gardening area. She doesn't you know? want to swallow them. She likes to destroy no, no. and rip them which off. Which was great around my cannabis last uh, summer. <laughs> that was years ago. And she only took off one little leaf. But yeah, by she was on our Christmas episode the very first year. She's a pushy dog. She's strong. She's going, oh my God, I want the leaves. Like that wouldn't have been good for her, for Home Depot sales, anything else. I had to train that weakness right there, right in front. I didn't hide from the aisle of all the 
leaves and the poinsettias, but we went down in the line of fire and I had to make sure that she didn't destroy every single plant. If you have a dog that tends to get into mischief and have some problems uh, getting into things they shouldn't get into, and you know the holiday season is coming, think about being proactive and addressing these things through management. Sometimes it's just let your dog drag a leash around. So if you see they're getting into an area you don't want them, you can just pick that leash up and redirect them. Hey, come on over here, do something different, you know, rather than let them do what they, you knew they were going to do and then be frustrated with the dog and then be upset or maybe even have to bring the dog to the vet. We have a client that they thought the dog ate raisin bread Yeah, and they ran the dog to the vet. Turned out it was just a cinnamon. There was no raisins (laughs) in the bread, No, but but they were freaking out because the dog was just getting into all kinds of stuff. They didn't know, did the dog eat it? Did they not eat it? You know, all this stuff. No, that's true. If you can't train your weaknesses in time for them to be prime time by Monday, if you celebrate Christmas, then manage your weaknesses. And I was thinking about this with us. I don't know what you would say a current weakness you have is, but I mean, I I have... I would say a hyper focus is Scott's weakness at this point. He focuses on like one thing and then everything else that he did for wellness that he just does the one thing. My own weaknesses. I'm a weak reader, right? I have never been good at reading. Very slow reader. I finished like five books this year. I'm trying to train that weakness. Wine is a weakness of mine. I'll give you that. I've taken a couple months off this year of drinking wine. I do their three day fast every freaking month. Like I make sure that I'm training that. As far as a management with me, I would say Nutella is one of my weaknesses. I can't have Nutella in the house. I you just manage it. I don't know how else to say that. But Nutella I, is a weakness. But the thing about the <laughs> wine is interesting because she was drinking a bottle of wine. She's like, I can't be drinking a bottle of wine anymore. So she buys a box. And I said, <laughs> That's wow. That's because it's cheaper. Don't get me started the on The box that contains three bottles. In the box. <laughs> That's very funny. So, He's always very loving on the podcast. No, but literally, like you want to talk about Nutella. I am like, oh, I'll have it for pancakes this weekend. I don't care if I've had weed, if I'm, you know, not even hungry, I'm just spooning Nutella into my mouth. So I'm managing my weakness of Nutella by not having it in the house. So maybe you have to manage certain things, but be honest with yourself about what your weaknesses are. Be honest with yourself about if you do happen to have some anxiety in different facets of life, even if you're not around other people, start to be honest with yourself and then come up with ways to fix those things. And, you know, I know we talked about Eckhart Tolle and the holistic psychologist and everything else. I've talked about the tapping solution before. If I had a fucking nickel for every time I'm in the middle of the night tapping, I deeply and completely love myself, even though I can't sleep. I mean, we would be the richest two people everywhere. So literally look into things like EFT, little, little nuances that you can do, little practices that you can incorporate that can make your life a little better, make you feel a little bit better and heading into the new year, try to make them a regular practice, but training your weakness and being honest about your weakness in day-to-day life, in your interpersonal skills, in your relationships, in your job productivity, in your dog training, it matters. And it's not to focus on the negative. It's not to get down this negative Nancy hole, but you're really going to be sitting there and thinking, how can I improve this? How can I make this better for me? How can I stop avoiding this and go right into the line of fire so I feel better about it? Yeah. And if you're like me, you have many weaknesses and your dogs have many weaknesses. And the way I deal with it is I pick one thing and I try to focus on this one thing and try and improve that one thing because I can't spread my attention across 10 good things, let alone 10 weaknesses. I tend to be And right one now thing the focus time. is Jimmy's rehab and he's coming along. He's gained an inch yeah, of muscle. I take the dog. And that's the dog what we is out on. with the leash on. We, I set the timer on my phone. We, we take him around and walk him for 15, 12, 15 minutes. And 
his rehab is just outstanding. I mean, the dog is so far ahead of where I thought he would be. In yeah. fact, he looks like a normal dog right now, which is even more difficult to keep him reeled in now because he cannot have any freedom. Yeah. We He's have, ready to rock and We roll. have his follow-up x-rays January 16th, and we may have his surgeon on to do a TPLO x-rays um, uh, podcast if everything goes well. So I hope that made sense to you guys. We really wanted to hone in on this because this is something we so often see clients do. We so often see colleagues avoid. We so often see friends avoid, right? And nobody wants to look like an ass. Nobody wants to do the thing that they're worst at. But if your downstay stinks, work on that before you work on the thing that makes you feel super good and productive and sexy because it's all the same to the dog. The dog just enjoys working with you and they enjoy the relationship and they enjoy improving and making you feel good about yourself. So you hone in on what interpersonally is difficult for you and do so with yourself personally over the holidays as well. This is a great time to not project into, oh, this is going to unravel again. It's just going to go like it always goes Oh, you know, th- whatever, whatever you're saying in your mind, get yourself talk to be more positive, to interrupt yourself and to have tools to deal with the holidays and make them merry and happy for all. Yeah, Any other the, thoughts? Yeah. When you're, um, you know, you have an issue with your dog and you decide to look outside the household and, and enlist the help of a trainer, tell them exactly what you want. You know, like it could be, I just want the dog to come because the trainer will help you with that. When Ideally. I, yeah, of course. <laughs> Before but you mean, pay them money, make sure that they're going to be able to help if you. you say my, if you're very general in your frustration, like if, if I go to someone's home, like, oh, the dog jumps, he does this, he does that, and they name 25 different things, I'm going to say, well, let's start with some basic leash work, and we're going to work on heel, sit down, come when called, all the basics. Uh, Because usually working on that resolves other issues as well. But if you have something that's bothering you specifically, tell the trainer, this is what I want to deal with. Because that will get better real quick when you focus on that one behavior. And when you see success there, that's going to motivate you to want to work on more things with your dog. But you want to see some results. And if you're just trying to do some walking on the leash... I put five minutes in on that. I'm supposed to work on this place exercise. I'm supposed to do this. It becomes, it gets to be a little overwhelming because nobody wants to be a dog trainer. They just want to enjoy their dog. I can appreciate that as a trainer and knowing how full everyone's lives already are. But if you're having one particular issue that is really problematic, start there. It will get better. Hyper focus. It, it will get better. From the hyper focuser himself. No, it's true, you guys. And with that said, if you have somebody that comes over and you tell them exactly what you want and they can't either show you that with their own dog or with your dog, then go hire somebody else. There's a lot of fish out there in the pond to help you guys. But we have been noticing a lot this year that not all results are co- created equal when it comes to dog training. So if you want to do a consult with us, you can look at some local reviews with dog trainers near you. Make sure you're getting the help you need because I promise life can get easier for you. All right. Are we are thankful. This is our last episode this year. Any thoughts? Any things to say? It's been a great year. We appreciate you guys that have been... Uh tuning in all year long and, and you guys are loving the reels eating them up we appreciate it yeah have a very very happy holiday spoil the hell out of your dogs this year if you need us you know where to find us studio at the quirky don't forget about the re-release of all the dogs of the year christmas eve christmas day tuesday and wednesday is 2023 dog of the year thanks so much guys merry christmas and keep it quirky happy new year <laughs> bye-bye The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.